Hey everyone, welcome to the Prince of Peace podcast, where our aim is to help you live and love like Jesus. I'm Lauren Hlaud, one of the pastors of Prince of Peace. We're glad that you're here and we hope you enjoy. Well, what, what, a, um, what a fitting gospel lesson personally for me in a humbling way on this last Sunday before this wonderful gift of a sabbatical that you all have, have given to me where we hear in the gospel text that the, the grain, the earth produces of itself. Um, what a humbling reminder that uh, the kingdom of God, the, the, the world of Prince of Peace um, isn't up to, to me or Pastor Jonathan or any one person to grow, that God grows goodness in the world despite us. What a great reminder for all of us um, that, that God is busy at work in the world. Yes, with the help of our labor and our passion and our efforts, but that God doesn't need it. That God can produce whatever God wants to produce in the world. And that it's actually the character of our God that wants to create abundance and beauty and life. We are in the midst of a sermon series, and this is week two. Just the second week of looking at this theme of a house united. A house united. A congregation united. A people united. Now, when I say a house united... What probably immediately comes to mind for you, at least it does for me, is the opposite, a house divided. We heard last week that a house divided cannot stand. A house united, though, can do amazing things together. I don't need to rehash all of the ways that the world is divided. You're well aware of it. You feel it. You live in that world just as I do. The world can be divided on any number of things. Our most intimate relationships with friend and spouse can be divided on any number of things. People within a congregation can be divided on any number of things. And it's always been that way. The reality is people have always looked at things differently. They've always had different perspectives. They've had different values at any given point that inform a belief. We know how it is to be in conflict. But here, in this place, we are being called to a ministry of unity. Not because it's this nice idea, or because we should, but because it's what God desires for the world. Jesus prays for his disciples before he, he leaves this earthly ministry and he prays for unity. He wants his disciples and those that follow generation after generation after generation to live united. Jesus says in John's gospel, just as I am united with the Father and the Father is united with me, that is what I desire for you, to be united. A house united. But it begs the question, United in what? 
What exactly are you talking about, Jesus? United in, you know, the color of the carpet and the new edition? United in what? I think we find clues for what Jesus desired when we look at the entirety of his ministry. Now, Jesus faced conflict, and Jesus brought about conflict. Rather, I don't think Jesus tried to create conflict, but the way that Jesus did ministry revealed differences and disagreements. Think of all of those different stories that we have where people take issue with Christ. Your disciples are not washing their hands properly, Jesus. They're eating on the Sabbath. They're, they're, they're working, they're laboring. Conflict, right? You can't preach that way. You preach with this authority and this power. You, you're, you're giving a different message. The scripture says, an eye for an eye. Jesus says, turn the other cheek. Jesus was always offering this teaching, this wisdom, this way in the world where division was possible. Yes, people could disagree. Obviously, division was present in his ministry. The man was crucified. You don't end up on a tree with your side pierced if your ministry isn't controversial. You don't. You end up on a throne with servants before you, you end up with everybody's praise. So Jesus wasn't anti-taking a stance. He was for that. But through the midst of the world's divisions, through the midst of people disagreeing and debating with whether his teaching was was valid, whether he was a, a real rabbi that could be trusted, Jesus was unashamedly casting a vision that could unite people around something far bigger than the earthly disagreements that people had. Jesus was trying to unite people around a vision of the world that was bigger than this town or this village, the Romans or the Jews, the Pharisees or the Sadducees, the Samaritans or the Galileans. Jesus was casting a vision of the kingdom over and over and over again in his teaching and his parables he says the kingdom of God is like this Jesus often couldn't explain the kingdom of God in plain terms we wonder why why did he have to use parables a parable is placing one object or idea against another to disrupt the way we think so that we might see something different. Hey kids, the kingdom of heaven, it's like a bush with cicadas on it. What? Parables are designed to make you think. They're designed to reorient and to draw you to a higher plane. But Jesus was always telling a parable to unite people around the awe and wonder of what God's kingdom was really about. So what does Jesus want us to have unity in? I believe that what Jesus wants us, his original disciples and generations to follow, to have unity around is that vision of what the kingdom looks like. It's the vision of God's heart for humanity and the world. 
which if you look at all of his ministry, his teachings, his healing, the way that he lived, it's about human flourishing. It's about all people having a place. It's about a unity of purpose, a unity of love, a unity around mending and making whole what is fractured and broken in the world. Why does Jesus restore the sight to a blind man? Because all should see. Why does Jesus heal and uplift? Because that which is broken is not of God's kingdom. Wholeness is. This is the vision. A house united. What are we going to, going to be re- resolved and firm in as a congregation? To say, yes, we acknowledge we have differences. You can look around this room and there are lots of differences. We live in different neighborhoods. We have different brains that think about things differently. We might have political differences. We might have differences in even how we interpret one passage. It's always been that way because we're people. But as a body, as a church, as a congregation, God is calling us to be a house united. A house united doesn't mean we agree about everything here. It means we agree, first and foremost, that we are not God. That we need a Savior. Every one of us, without exception. It also means that we need to be united around God's vision for the world, not our vision for Prince of Peace. God's vision for this congregation. United in purpose. United in God's purpose. Which Jesus tells us today is a whole lot like the mustard seed. He says the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God is like this mustard seed. Now he's telling this parable in Mark chapter 4 in relationship to the parable of the sower. Some of the seed falls on good ground. Some falls on rocky ground. Some falls on thorny ground. And then he goes on to say, in today's passage, the sower sows the seed. And it's not really even up to the one sowing the seed. God will produce what God wants to produce. But then he goes on to say, it's like a mustard seed. This is exactly not what you want to plant in your garden. A mustard seed is an invasive species. It takes over. It takes hold little by little, one patch after another. And it grows up as this weed. It's not like what we heard in Ezekiel, the big cedar, the big tall tree with the big tall branches. It's actually quite the opposite. Today, it would be like a dandelion. We don't want them in our yard, do we? Sure, they're yellow and pretty, but we pluck them out and we we put stuff on our ground to get rid of them. I think if Jesus were telling the parable today, he'd say the kingdom of God is a lot like a dandelion. It's this thing that you don't know that you need or that you want, but it's going to take root. And without your doing, little by little by little, it's going to grow and it's going to spread and it's going to take over. But the imagery of the mustard seed is even more beautiful. 
What Jesus is saying is that it'll grow from this tiny little seed you don't even know you want, you don't even actually need, you actually try to avoid it. It's going to show up in your yard, in your life, in your heart, and without your doing and without your control, it's going to sprout and it's going to grow and its branches will get long and in those branches there will be birds and animals who find rest, who find a home. The kingdom of heaven is like that bush filled with life, filled with creatures where they find rest from the heat, where they have a home, where they can live. You see, God's vision for the world is this tree of life. Whether it's the bush or the mustard seed or the big, tall cedars of Lebanon. What God wants for the world is a place where all creatures can have safety and a home so that they can dream. So that they can dream big dreams. God's dreams. What would it look like for us as a congregation to recognize that growing the work of God's goodness in the world doesn't rest on our shoulders alone. What would it mean for us today to hear Mark chapter four and to acknowledge first, God is going to produce of the ground. We can scatter seed and we can rest. And what would it mean for us to embrace that rest this season to watch God's work in the world, to watch how God little by little by little plants the seeds of the kingdom, to watch those seeds grow, to watch what happens to those seeds. What would it mean for us to adopt that posture so that we can spend time dreaming? Dreaming. You see, when you're busy in your vineyard, in your life, at your work, at your home, even at the church, when you're busy engaged in the daily rigors of life and you're making life happen, it's hard to dream because you're working, you're laboring, you're doing, you're trying to accomplish, you're hustling. I think there's this grace-filled invitation in Mark chapter four. Scatter the seed. Watch what God does. Sit back for a moment and allow yourself to dream. Allow yourself to wonder, what does God dream about? And how might I, we, be grafted into that dream? What dreams will Prince of Peace Lutheran Church dream together? What dreams does God invite us into? Does God want Prince of Peace to be a healthy, strong, vibrant congregation? I think so, but not for our sake, for the sake of the world, for the sake of our neighbor. What dreams can we dream together? You know, we've done a lot of dreaming as a congregation. Pastor David Kruger, way back many decades ago, knocking on doors, do you want to come to worship? Well, where's your church? We don't have one yet. <laughs> a lot of dreaming, 
over the years. People at Prince of Peace who got together and said, hey, what, you know, I, I think we could, we could dream the dream of investing in children and young families, and, and I think that dream could take root in a preschool. 20 years now of, of a preschool ministry. People who've dreamed dreams again and again and again through this place. And we've seen how God has watered those seeds, God has made them sprout and grow, and my goodness, look at what God is providing through the branches of this place. Rest, shade, nourishment. We cannot be done dreaming. We're always called to it. I believe that the best days of Prince of Peace Lutheran Church are in front of us, not behind us. We get to be co-workers with God in this vineyard. So let's spend this season dreaming. Let's spend this season thinking beyond the walls of our live stream or our sanctuary, beyond returning or getting back to something that's not God's dream. God's dream isn't to get back to how things were. God is always doing a new thing. Allow yourself to dream. Allow yourself to vision. Let's do that work together. May you, in your dreaming, in your thinking, may you feel God's love. May God's word, like a mustard seed, take root in your heart. May God make it sprout and grow. And may you be wholly surprised with how your vineyard of your life has been overcome in an invasive way by God's kingdom. Cling to your faith in the crucified and risen Lord. I'm going to miss you for the next 11 weeks, but I can't wait to hear what dreams you've dreamt. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to the Prince of Peace podcast. I hope that today's message has brought comfort and inspiration to your life. Have a great rest of the week.